Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That is what we do around here, heading into the fall of 2022. Stop so far, dying. so good. The three of us have paid attention. I'm getting a tingling in my neck, though. And here's, here's Bob Forrest's health, health, personal health. So I get this tingly thing that goes up my neck and, like, behind my ear, right? And okay. I, think, I think it's either a pinched nerve or a stroke. So what do I do? <laughs> I just wait. <laughs> wait to hear this. I just oh, wait Jesus. to see if I have a stroke. And I didn't, so it's a pinch nerve. That's called deduction. That's uh, this, called okay. logic. This is like such an insight to your psyche, man. It's unbelievable. It's, it's doing it right, right now. <laughs> it's doing it right now. And I have all my faculties on me. So it's There's, not a stroke. It's not blockage in an artery. No, it's, it's just a pinch nerve. <laughs> You're supposed to stick your tongue out. Can you stick your tongue out? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. good job. They're okay, let stroking. me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I have worked, so a lot of people don't know. I, don't, I, I talk about my childhood in a general way, but what people don't know is three of my four aunts were registered nurses. My mom was a hospital administrator. My sister was a registered nurse. My uncle Bob was uh, uh, chief executive officer of a nursing home. I grew up walking after school to a nursing home in Culver City. Or coming into town to do nursing home uh, bookkeeping is what my mom did. And it was a family business. It's still there. It's called Westover Sanitarium on the corner of Overland and Palm in the lovely city of Culver City. And I grew up around doctors and nurses 24 hours a day. Dr. Beam, who was our family doctor back in the 50s and 60s, you had family doctors. They came to your house. There was wait, no wait, wait. The doctor's office. So that it's still there, the family business yeah, that your family there. ran? Wait, yeah, is it a, still called the sanitarium? Westover Sanitarium, yeah. Really? No shit. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, yeah, it's called Westover Sanitarium. Like, well, oh, sanitarium God, was a, they they went to nursing home, I don't know, in the 80s, but it used to be called sanitarium. Sanitariums were classy. It's a classy place to send your loved ones <laughs> I don't to know, a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah. So, until until so a couple anyways, of movies came understand. out. So my entire life, I have been behind the scenes of the medical profession. Then what happens to me in my young adult life, I become a drug addict, kind of a, a quasi-pharmacist, uh, uh, drug administer, right? And I'm studying drugs every day of my life, mixing this, mixing that. The Hollywood, the L.A. riots, the Rodney King riots, were one of the greatest uh, testing centers for drugs ever. My uh, friend Maria and Brian, remember Maria and Brian, Mike, the dope saw, dealers. I just saw a picture of. Um, well, actually, I watched that L. Seven documentary in Brazil, and she w was down in Brazil. It freaked me out. They brought their drug dealer to Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maria was down there for <laughs> yeah for some odd reason. Anyway. But so they they lived around the corner from the, the what's thrifties now it's called Rite Aid on Vermont and uh Third Street, I think. Or yeah, Vermont and Third. 
And so during the riots, they just went in there with those big hand carts and, and filled them up with everything that was in the pharmacy. Then they brought them to their house and in the living room, they just spread them all out with a PDR trying to figure out what drugs were what, right? I went over there a couple of times. This went on for days, Chuck. You got to understand. <laughs> Everybody was excited. Like, what is this? And my friend Matt Dyke was the one that said, well, anything that says don't drive or operate heavy machinery, that's something we want. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You look doesn't for matter that. what the name is. Let's just try to and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and drink a beer. So, so Matt Dyke ended up buying like anything that said don't don't operate a motor vehicle or heavy equipment or may make you drowsy. Yeah, man. yeah, man, make, make you drowsy. <laughs> and we just took them, and some were better than others. I got to admit, Chuck. So, anyways, my <laughs> my twenties and, okay. and early thirties were dedicated to personal pharmacology, personally. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then what do I? What happens? I get sober and I work in a hospital for 10, 11 years. And every day I'm talking to Dr. Drew. So you're talking about from the time I'm like eight or 10, third grade, until I quit working with Dr. Drew, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. So I was 50. From eight to 50, I was interacting with the medical system every day. I was seeing behind the scenes and whatever, how doctors talk after the patient's out of the room. I was seeing, you've been seeing it now for 20 years working in treatment. They don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. They don't. I've known it since the very honor. beginning. <laughs> they don't have a clue. A, a friend of mine's <laughs> wife killed herself with some prescription drugs she got from this doctor. And years later, I was having dinner with him. And I go, you ever think about so-and-so? And he goes, oh, yes. Oh, you, yeah. just t -bone, you just T-bone Chuck at an intersection, <laughs> man. You just like, no, <laughs> yeah. I totally expected him to say, I should be able to be a doctor. I should be licensed to be a doctor <laughs> no, no, anywhere in America. No, well, because I I've could. got 42 I, I years experience. About, I know about as much as they do. And trust me, when that, what, and like, I don't want to jump around too much because I don't want to confuse the people at home. I have a confusing brain. I might be in a manic episode bipolar too right now. So <laughs> is it, so is it tingling? Is it that tingling? Doesn't mean, yeah, it's tingling. It doesn't mean that I'm going to run over and kill a pregnant woman and their kids. You see that in the paper today? They're, oh, they're no, claiming I don't want that to that woman that Negative. crashed and killed the five people was, she was having a bipolar episode. So what? You killed five people, go to jail. What what exactly. is what is, what is the argument? <laughs> she was right? well enough to do nursing, you know. She was well enough to go eighty a, miles an hour down La Brea out of Baldwin Hills in a BMW. Like, She's well, yeah, Mercedes, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. anyways, so 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 get this thing. So whenever I've been to a doctor, I tried to do it right when I got sober. I went to liver specialist. I went here. I went there. I whoa, what do I do? What do I do? What is me? I got to follow the medical. They just spin you around in circles. One guy, they got a new machine that tests the liver's uh, uh, density of, of, of serot, density of cirrhosis, right? Okay. So he's using the machine on me. It's just me and him in the office. It was like eight, 7 o'clock at night. I had the last appointment. And he's just like, oh, oh. And he keeps moving it around my liver. And he says, boy. I mean, how long have you been sober? And he said it in a way like he didn't believe I was sober, Chuck. Do you know that? Do you know that? You know that thing when doctors yeah. like uh, they don't was know much about sobriety, but he knew my liver so had such deep scarring that he didn't believe I was sober. And I said, "No, I've been sober like eighteen years." And he's like, "Well, 
you know, hopefully, <laughs> this is what the doctor said to me at 8, 7.30 at night alone in the Kaiser building on Hollywood, Vermont. Well, hopefully the in, inside is better than the outside. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because that's, that's the way it works. Uh, so, of course, so, of course, what he wanted to do was schedule a biopsy. And I was like, no, 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 I don't need a biopsy. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, it, it's just this ongoing. So when I have a tingle in my neck, I just like, whatever, I'll deduce it myself. I don't need to drive somewhere and pay $180 for another guy to throw <laughs> darts. <laughs> they throw okay. Here's what they do. They throw, they throw idea darts at the wall. Hey, uh, Lexapro, let's try some Lexapro. I don't know. Let's give me a cortisone shot. Let's Yesterday, do surgery. Let's do surgery and see what's in there. This is perfect because yesterday Bug twisted up his foot coming down the stairs. So they didn't, they usually go down to the beach with me for my meeting. They didn't, they took him to urgent care. Urgent care said, wow, this is swelling up real bad. You need to take him to chalk in case he needs to see a specialist for this. <laughs> um, so I get, I, I rush home from the meeting. We rush over to chalk. His foot's really big. I mean, it, it's ugly. And, you know, it's turning colors and he gets x-rays taken at chalk and they say, oh, there's not a break. And I go, oh, oh. imagine that five hours so, of our life, five hours of our life, five hours and then multiple and a couple different places and however many doctors. And I don't know when was the last time. And why not a regular hospital? Why not? Orange Coast Medical Center, we could, we would have been in and out, but chalk is like, it, it's for everybody, whether you have insurance or not, right? So it's like, it's a zoo. And it was, it was just insane, you know, but Bug got to go to school with a cane today. He's happy. I let him use my old cane. Oh, I know. Elvis had that. <laughs> Elvis, Elvis hurt his foot at Sid's birthday party a month ago and he had the boot. He had the boot. That's mm -hmm. how he started his first day of school in a boot. And yeah. I was like, you'll always remember your first day of sixth grade. You had a fucking boot on. That's the only thing you're going to remember of sixth grade 10 years from now. Trust me. How embarrassed yeah. you were that you had the boots. But I, <laughs> I, but anyway, so I have no, so I have nothing but contempt, which really not contempt, but just like, I know what they do. They just throw the idea darts at the wall and see what happens. Oh, it could be a tumor. Could be, I don't know. And <laughs> you know what I mean? They just like, oh. Because they're, they're just like on that TV show House. They're trying to figure out what could this be? He's got tingling in his neck. I already know I'm 61 years old. It's either a pinched nerve. Because by the way, 61-year-old people aren't supposed to have one and a half-year-old kids that they're carrying around everywhere. I understand my predicament. I understand <laughs> what I signed up you for. You made a choice. Yes. <laughs> I made a choice. It was a mm -hmm. life choice. It was a life yes. choice. Some people choose, you know, all kinds of paths. I chose mine. So... So they're not going to factor in the 61-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old. They're not going to factor that in. I carry that kid everywhere. And guess what? I just doesn't do that thing like a monkey, like, hold on to you. He's just <laughs> dead fucking weight. <laughs> lean and back. And <laughs> lean to the right. Back. Lean to the and left. I'm like, I'm like, and I've been, he, he now understands language, though he can't speak it, uh, whatever that fucking means. But so I said, dude, you need to hold on. 
And he's like, he pats me on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not man. holding on. <laughs> and I cool. thought we descended from monkeys. I got three other kids. They all hold on to you. And they uh, uh, kind of helps you. They're half their weight because they're holding around your neck or something, right? <laughs> help a little. That was his, <laughs> way, of, that was his way of saying, no, I don't need to hold on because you're here, Dad. <laughs> you signed up for this shit, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's your job to hold me by patting you. Know weakness, Bob. Did you see my phone getting interrupted just now? Spectrum. Apparently, I'm behind my Spectrum bill. They fucking have a phone like harassment system that is beyond belief. I think wow. that's the fourth time they've called this evening, right? Now I'm just going to let it roll. I ain't paying for another week. Let them fucking let their. <laughs> let, but, then, but then Christy said, Bob, it's artificial intelligence. It's just a phone machine. It's not people. They're not getting frustrated by how many times you don't answer. No. I just did it. When I said, sorry, can't talk right now to it just now, it made me feel good. Some motherfucker at Spectrum's going, oh, shit, he didn't answer his phone again. Nope. <laughs> you didn't bother anybody. No need to no. smile. Sorry. I, I, I got the Spectrum. You know, Spectrum goes, now it's like $230 a month. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Who has that kind of money for Wi-Fi and fucking Dodgers? $235. When we started, it was like $186. How does it just creep up and creep up and just creep out more state taxes and creeps up and it, you know, it's $35 and other stuff. Plus they charge you for the boxes. They rent you the boxes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of how, how insane that, is that in a 21st century world? But they have this thing. Where I'm betting on Frontier is this new thing I'm seeing commercials for Wi-Fi, Frontier Wi-Fi. Yeah, because if you yeah. get rid of Spectrum TV and you and you only want their Wi-Fi, it's 109. But for new customers, it's 79. So they got you in this never world of, well, it's 230 for everything. You've got everything. That's what the lady said to me a couple of weeks ago when I wanted to cancel it all. Well, uh -huh. you know, you're top tier. Bobby, you're top tier. I felt <laughs> you, like I am. I am top tier. You are top, top tier, tier, Lord Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they say, well, you can cancel all that, but you'd have to return the boxes between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. at the place on, you know, Indian Hill Boulevard and make sure you bring mm -hmm. your remote controls or there's a $10 fee. They scare you from canceling. Yep. And you're only going to save $130 a month. And you're yeah, just like, you know ah, fuck it. Ah, yeah, right. It, That's two meals it. out, right? So it's like, what? Who? Who cares? That's how they get you because they. It, it's like two we meals stuff. out. We're McDonald's, baby. Well, that's like six meals out. That's six meals for the forest. Is that no. only two meals for the Chuck world? Oh yeah, bug eats <laughs> bug eats more than I do. But we don't go out all the time, you know. Like I just finished. Amy just made a good. Oh my god, good zucchini from the farm. Up north and some chicken and some oh yeah yeah she makes good food yeah we don't Man. cook around here elvis tried to cook on saturday i was so pissed so much mess just to make some fucking uh what is it what's the Macaroni stuff the japanese hot no the hot stuff he likes hot korean whatever it is oh the noodles ramen? noodles ramen the ramen Dude, there's like fucking four things in the sink. I'm like, you know, you don't just get to cook it. You got to clean up after it. Well, that, like, was, that was three tries and then one success. No, it's, <laughs> the, it's the pot. It's the thing that goes on top of the pot, whatever you call that thing, the uh, lid. And then it's the thing you dump it into. 
that strainer thing. And then yeah. his bully ate it. I'm like, what is this? He clogged up the whole sink. I like yeah, but, it, but it only costs 29 cents. I like sinks that don't have anything in them. Yeah. My sink is immaculate. And I spray it with, um, with uh, window cleaner to just make it shiny. And mm -hmm. I don't like it when things are in there. So I don't oh, like cooking. <laughs> it is like no wonder your neck tinges, man. You've got kids yeah. that are throwing shit in your shiny sink. <laughs> you know what? And the stroke's not far behind with that yeah. much stress. So. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figure. It is stroke is possible at the at the at the intensity of which I live. You should have asked him while he was sonogramming your liver to go up to your heart and see how that thing is doing. I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy, Dave Becky. He's cut. He's quit nicotine gum. Oh, the nicotine gum thing amongst me and all my friends was it all stems from Dr. Drew. Another, another thing of darts at a wall. So when I was trying to quit smoking, Chuck, Everyone smoke, and people don't know this. Nurses smoke at my oh, hospital. Yeah. Their nurses smoke like crazy. Like, what does that tell you about nursing in general? I quit like, smoking by using cigars. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so, anyways, Doctor Drew, I I had like five failed attempts. The last two, I was asking the staff to help me, which was really stupid. That's like I really wanted to stop, Chuck. That was stupid. Yeah. yeah. So once the staff got involved, right? You know, they'd see me like grab a cigarette, and then they'd say, "Hey, you said you didn't want to smoke. You said you wanted me, me to remind you that you didn't want to smoke." I was like. Who asked you? And they said, and this one woman, Sasha, said, you did. You told me if I see you with a cigarette to confront you. <laughs> and I was like, well, disregard that. Disregard that. They have to yeah. find you so amusing, man. So like, They're just like, oh, boy, amusing. here's Bobby. Amusing is one word. <laughs> We're going to have a great day. <laughs> I see, I'm sure they said that all the time. Just, just fucking with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm amiable, but I'm crazy. That's the thing. So I did ask them for the help, and then I started smoking again. And then once you ask people for help in stopping smoking, you're cornered. So the yeah. second time I stopped and I went back, Drew said, listen, you ever chewed the gum? And I said, eh, yeah, I said, it's the same. He goes, it is the same amount of nicotine. You can chew it to your heart's content. All it does is make your jaw hurt. And I remember him saying, it doesn't have carcinogens in it. It doesn't harm you in any way. Uh, they make it so expensive, so you, you really still think about quitting everything. But you can chew it to your heart's content, he said, Chuck. Huh. 14, 14 years later, I have two number fours in my mouth. You know, <laughs> down the years, down the years, all my sponsees and all my friends that wanted to quit, I say, just chew the gum to your heart's content. I'm, I keep repeating to your the dartboard, the dartboard <laughs> thing. That's so weird because, well, like, friend, I use the nicotine gum to stop when I went to see my brother in New York. I said, I'm not going to smoke in his house. I'm not going to smoke in the cold outside. It's in New York. It's cold. And so uh, I chewed gum for two weeks. And then I just, when I came back, I stopped chewing the gum and I stopped smoking cigarettes. But you probably got into the cigars. No, but that was much, that was later on. That was like okay, so let me, Smitty, what? Smitty, by the way, Smitty's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Smitty, our happy wonderful birthday, benefactor. And, and Keith Morris. He's more than a benefactor. He's a part of the gang. I want to, I'm going to talk about the gang later because I was trying to explain to this guy Patrick today about our gang. Yeah, so, cool. uh, so, so 
get this. So Drew tells me I can chew gum to my heart's content. And then I spread that message to probably 30, 40 people chew gum because I, you know, said, you really want to stop smoking? Best way to do it, chew the gum. That's what I do. It works, blah, blah, blah. So my friend Dave calls the other day and goes, you're wrong about that doesn't do any harm to you, the nicotine gum. And I said, mm. come again, come again, come again, come again, less sober person than me. He says, my doctor <laughs> just told me that excessive nicotine causes heart disease. And I was like, what doctor is this? <laughs> yeah. I think you should so, have Dr. Drew Drew, and him fight. And I called Drew and he says, yeah, there's new evidence. He, he said, Bob, I told you that 15 years ago. I was like, well, was well, you told somebody. somebody <laughs> yeah, you said to my heart's content forever. Right? So Dave, Dave says, yeah, I got tons of boxes of this gum. Do you want it? <laughs> now, here's the thing. He's informing me that it causes heart disease. And he's, and he's stopping. But then he's asking me if I want his boxes. <laughs> what did I say, Chuck? Fuck yeah, I want those yeah, boxes. They're $50 a piece. Yeah, you did. Your neck started tingling. <laughs> My neck started tingling. <laughs> yes. Right after that. So That's funny. So anyways, but I was, I, you know, a lot of times, I think people get pockets of what we're, all about like a little bit of info here and a little bit of info there of me and Mike's life. But I thought I was explaining to my friend Patrick a couple days ago, like we, we all went to Hollywood and many people did uh, searching for something. And I believe the main thing we found was each other. I really truly believe that. Right. So you had Tomato and uh, Tomato Duplenty and El Duce knew knew each other as as kids and and teenagers in Washington State. How crazy is that? El Duce and Tomato Duplenty, two of the craziest punk rock characters in the history of mankind, came from knew each other as teenagers. We're in a punk rock band together. Or Did in, they in a, plan to a, come a down together? Band. No, I think I think Tomato came went to San Francisco first and joined the Cockettes or whatever it was called, and then El Duce the came to Hollywood. <laughs> so yeah, the Cockettes. <laughs> Like Fayette Hauser, Fayette Hauser, shout out to Fayette. I haven't seen her in 20 years, but she was one of the coolest people I, I've ever known. Um, and she was in the cockpit. So, so, and Axel Rose comes from Indiana. His dad's a preacher. His real name is uh, Bill Bailey. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Axel yeah. Rose's real name is Bill Bailey. His <laughs> yes. father, his father's sitting there, his preacher father. He's like, our last name's Bailey. I'm going to name him Bill. <laughs> won't you come home, Bell Bailey? Bailey, won't you come, come home? home? Isn't that kind of a it's, anyway? That so it takes a lot and, of imagination, right? And there. and Anthony comes to see his dad. Well, Anthony's dad comes to Hollywood. Then Anthony comes to Hollywood. Flea lives in a born in Australia, goes to Westchester, New York, ends up out in L.A. because of his stepdad. People coming searching, right? And, mm -hmm. and people like Jennifer Finch describes it very well. Even from the west side of L.A., she's searching for something. She goes to punk rock. We're all, like, searching for something. We go there, and gangs were formed there, people who really identified with each other, right? There were certain gangs. There's the 45 Grave Gang that, that, that they had their own way of doing things and their own aesthetic and their own ethics. And, and then there was the Dream Syndicate kind of gang. 
And there was the <laughs> X gang. The X gang had to have a tattoo, by the way. The X gang was serious. They were a and gang the germs, of like the germs, 20, the germs people. circle. The germs, germs, mostly girls were in the germs gang, right? Mm, um, I don't know about that. It's true. It's like all the go gos, all the go, all every every person that tells me they have a germs brand, they were in the germs circle or the Darby circle. A lot of them were female. Pleasant, uh, uh, J- uh, Belinda, uh, Jeffrey, yeah, Lee, Mike Jeffrey Lee, who Jeffrey Lee, born in another era, might have been trans. Who knows? You know, Jeffrey hmm. was an interesting character. So, anyways. There's all these gangs. And then there was a second generation of gangs of which it's me and Flynn Anthony and Mike and, and, you know, Keith and Pete Weiss. And it's, there's just these different gangs of people that stay friends for 40 years. Where do you ever see that Chuck? Where do you ever see people stay friends for 40 years? You know, Alice Bag had a comment recently, just just exactly like that. She said, "A bunch of weirdos." You know, you you sort of get outcast from your hometown. You're considered a weirdo in your hometown, and you gravitate to Hollywood, where you meet all these other weirdos, and you remain weirdos as you get older. You're not any less <laughs> weird, so you have just grown older and weird. Yeah, and weirdo. so and so then. And, and here's the thing, the generation that I kind of modeled after, they didn't have any animus towards me admiring them and kind of mimicking and modeling after them. Tomato to plenty, Michael Stipe, John Doe, the top Jimmy. Those are the people I looked up to. And I kind of like got Joe Strummer, Jeffrey Lee Pierce. Those were the, that's my, that's my idols. Those six, right? Johnny Lydon, John Lydon, seven. So everything that is me is an amalgamation of those seven guys. I just soaked it in and soaked it up. And, and then I am my own personality, but it really, a lot of the DNA of me is them. And, or your and, DNA related to them. And, y- you know, you felt a kindred spirit, like you understood them. And yeah, that's, that's in me too, you know, cause we are drawn, you know, that's just, that's so true. We're drawn to people that a part of us is already emulating, right? Well, people and- don't do that. What I realize is that's broken down. So it, it, it comes and it's interesting because Eddie Vedder, I think, is a child of that. That He's like a, a third generation. <clears throat> the first time I saw gr- the aesthetic of grunge, I think it was something in Time Magazine, I was just like, that's Mike Watt. That's not like Seattle. That's Mike Watt, right? <laughs> yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Watt, Watt had his circle of, of, of friends and influences. And Harbor stuff. people. A lot of yeah. Weird, weird SST people for some reason. I don't know why that is. He seems like such a non-SST guy, but he was an SST guy. And, and so, so there's all these influences, and they keep rolling generation after generation. You know, never kind of the apex are Eddie and Kurt, like Eddie and Kurt are children of those prior kind of weirdos getting together, right? They are the pro- the children of that. They're the children of the Minutemen, the children of the Meat Puppets, the children of X. That's how I look at it. Somehow it stopped. 
It really oh, the has lineage? stopped. It's, you can't really chase, you can't do a direct trace of lineage like that. I see what you're saying. No, it's um, stopped. They don't, know, kids don't I, have, kids don't have idols. They don't have groups of, they don't have tight-knit groups of people. They don't. I, I'm with them every day. They're, they just don't think that way. They don't think in terms of weirdo, not weirdo. They don't think in terms of, I need other people. No, they don't have to. It's, they Why do it the way we're doing it right to? now. Why? Because what? They, they don't have to go out and have human interaction. I can post something and feel completed by someone agreeing with or someone I can argue with instead of like, I was bummed because yesterday I wanted to go, go to the Eddie Egan thing at uh, Memorial at, um, at Alex's bar yesterday. Cause I knew there'd be a lot of people that I like to talk to that I only see at shows, you know? And it's like lions and ghosts just got back together and made a new single, which is really cool. And I'm excited because I want to go see them play and see the people that I was hanging out with in 1986, 87, 88 up in LA. Right. And it's just like, I, I, I'm, just old enough to remember what you're talking about, that it was, you go and you do, you find your people, you find your tribe. And there's something super special about that. But when you don't have to leave your house to have entertainment brought in, and when we're isolated and we're told to be afraid of the world and it's not safe and it's dangerous and kids are brought up, uh, you know, overprotected a little bit, it, it's, it goes against the adventurous spirit. You know, when my buddy said, hey, we should move to Long Beach. I was like, let's go. A lot of people were, you know, it's just like, that's just what you did. You moved to Long Beach. You go to Laguna Beach. You go to LA. You, you know, move around. You know, people don't really do that anymore. How many generations of kids still live with their mom and dad? But how do you become this, this deeply entrenched person in the, in the link in the chain? How do you become a link in a chain if you don't acknowledge that there's any relation to the past or you're not? completed by your peer group and 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 influences right because i i try to think of like there's no band going right now trust me i'm studying every band on earth like trying to figure out who's the ones to bet on right who are the ones that are the future of music and there's just this it's not the same like anybody that saw Pearl Jam. First time I saw Pearl Jam was 1992 in uh, Binghamton, New York, or upstate New York. I walk in, and Eddie's hanging by a rafter up above the above the audience, right? And mm -hmm. they're playing this music. Now, now, don't be offended. They're playing this rock music that I grew up with, right? Led Zeppelin, Bad Company, Kiss, Aerosmith, the music I love. That's what they sounded like. I know that they might not like that but but i immediately like this is my music that i grew up with and these guys are same age as me that like this is badass they're bringing real rock music back by the way at that same concert chili peppers were the headliner they weren't playing rock music they didn't sound like they sound now yeah they did <laughs> they, not they were, they were, they were funky, funky. <laughs> they yeah. were funky right they were just beginning to transition into rock but, right, but but you know, the roots are there for but the, most but of Pearl the great Jam bands. Sounded the like Pearl Jam sounded like the bands I grew up with, and I loved it. And you got this guy hanging from the roof. What the fuck is he? You know, I thought it was a little 
melodramatic, but the, certainly the audience fucking loved it. They're just mesmerized. There's a guy 30 feet up. Oh my God, is he going to jump? Is he going to die? Like, I was like, you're not going to die falling from that high. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, a, I'm a hell of a climber. I'm just not good at getting down. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but so, so what, what are the bands that when you see them the very first time within eight minutes, you get it and you think, this is new. This is different. This is exciting. This is fucking cool. There's nothing like that nowadays. There really is not. And I, I'm talking about killers. I, I mean, there's a lot of good bands that I've gone and seen and I like them, but they don't have that thing. And I, I think it's because, I, you know, it's indefinable. The internet and technology has changed everything. So bands that I like, like I love Idols. Um, and I think that Idols continuing, every time they play a show, they're gaining more fans. That's like that, the, uh, the span, uh, uh, Spectrum calling me again. Second time in one podcast. How fucking crazy is Spectrum? Lops. I owe you $238. I know it, you motherfuckers. Whoa. They're threatening to turn off my cable, Chuck. Oh, oh no. God, imagine what life would be like without Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. What would we do? You'd have so, to get a different Wi-Fi and use your smart TV. So I just, you know, and there's scenes of bands, but they all sound the same, right? You know, when all those bands I listed, none of them sounded alike. Every mm -hmm. band I just listed. Public Image didn't sound like R.E.M. R.E.M. didn't sound like X. Public Dream Image Syndicate, didn't sound like Sex Pistols. Yeah, Dream Syndicate didn't sound like Gun Club. 45 Grave didn't sound like The Germs. The Only Sponsor didn't sound like The Chili Peppers. Fishbone didn't sound like, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, Texan the Horsehead. It was all new. Every man had its own thing. What are you watching? I'm sorry. What the hell was that? Mike's Sorry. not even paying attention. He's watching a fucking <laughs> football game. No, I'm not. I was watching St. Vincent. I was going to comment and tell you that St. Vincent is one my daughter really likes. And uh, they're, yeah. pretty, they're pretty hip. And But she jumps around. She'll like the Alipa. She'll like, she'll like they're going you know, that kid, McKinnon. the Benson, Benson kid. The, yeah, yeah, the McKinnon. Because yeah. you're looking for that community. I know your daughter is obsessed like music like we are. And she's yep. looking for that community. But I don't know that it exists. So fast forward to last night. There's a band called Muna. Have you ever heard of them? Muna? Muna. M-O-N-A. They are three kids. They play punk rock pop music. It's so cool. And they played in New York, and a guy sent me a video of two songs. There were 3,000 people singing along. And I thought, here's a community. This is a fucking tribe. You can see nice. it in the video. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that they'll ever cross over or you'll ever hear of but there's there's these pockets of the world. There's jam band shit that's drawing twenty thousand people in the woods, right? Yikes. But it's not influencing the culture, is what I'm saying. Right. Right. Public image influenced the culture. The Clash influenced the culture. The Chili Peppers influenced the culture. Pearl Jam influences the culture. Nirvana exploded the culture. Right. There's and no. You, there's you nothing you can point at in music in the last twenty years that has had the influence on young people other than hip hop. And I don't really know even what that influence is. Voyeurism for white kids. 
Is it voyeurism so that everybody talks like they're from Baltimore? Like, I don't really <laughs> understand that. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, what's up? Kids in Beverly Hills say that to me. <laughs> yo, yo, Bob, what's up? Like, dude, didn't you go to Brentwood Academy? Like, what is <laughs> yo, what's up? I'll never get over that. I'll never get over white kids from rich areas talking like they're from the inner city. I'll never get over it. And it's now it's just a standard everywhere. Isn't it a standard in Huntington Beach? Isn't there a lot of, yo, what's up? No, down in bro. Huntington? You know, bro. dude. You know, dude. <laughs> oh, you a, know a beach slang. Is, a beach bro. slang. Is <laughs> but there, that's, is, that's a, is that's a culture in and of itself. <laughs> is there beach um, slang hip hop? The people that come to Huntington Beach from other places bring that with them. That's for sure. From everywhere. Hip hop? Hip hop yeah. language? Hip hop, hip hop everywhere, but there's been. I a think big it's called hip hop hip hop vernacular. Okay. Yo, you know, I, if you trace back where the term yo came from, a friend of me and Mike's invented it. Fab Five Freddy did the first Thelonious Monster album cover. He's <laughs> he's he's established as a person who invented yo. How, how crazy <laughs> is that? Imagine if he got like Spotify. Imagine if he got one. 20th of one penny every time somebody said yo <laughs> the guy would be richer than elon musk <laughs> that, i don't know if you can get paid yo. for just a word though <laughs> uh, there's a slang dictionary there's this one jazz guy uh named lester young right you can go back flea and i were obsessed with it for a while lester young invented like five different slangs that are still used to this day. Calling someplace your crib. He invented that. He's, he's called play, uh, people's apartments their crib. You going back to the crib? And mm. people didn't know, like, what is he talking about? Oh, he means my apartment. Yes, we're going back to my, what did you say? Crib, because crib. I'm a baby. Crib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going back You're to going my baby back house. to the womb. He could have said womb. <laughs> You're going back to the womb? Womb. In the we hotel womb. Yeah. Womb if, if Lester Young said, you going back to the womb? Because room and womb sound the same. I yeah, always yeah. thought it's a, what a better term would have been. But the crib, yeah, your baby, you're, you're going home to your crib. The other one he invented was cool. The guy invented the word cool. You can look it up, Mike, if you're not watching the football game. Lester Young. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm, uh, Keith Morris just texted me or cowered. So, so anyway, he texted young. from his landline. No, <laughs> yes. from he on a message from his computer. Yeah. So, so Lester Young invents all these words that stick around forever. Cool crib, and then Fat Five Freddy invents yo. And now, forty years later, so seventy nine, say yo comes about yo, which I'm not even quite sure what yo represents. You, hey you, yo. Hey, I think you? it's just it's yo. it's a hello. It's a hello. Hello, yeah. Hello. So why isn't it low? How come it's not low? Because he probably just said he probably just was a little fucked up one day and just say yo. Because I just saw a thing about <laughs> weed and he was all over that. Isn't it? Isn't it like uh, pirate language? Yo ho yo. No? Oh yeah. What is that? Maybe he well, was talking to a hooker. He was talking to a hooker. Yo, five oh. <laughs> in re reference to the police, 5 0 is Hawaii 5 0. I know that right. for a fact. Right? 5 0 said freeze and I got numb. That's Chuck D. 5 0 said freeze and I got numb. How cool is that line? <laughs> anyway, so, 
so slang terms. So now you have these these like upper middle class white kids that use that kind of slang and whatever. And and you got to conclude it's the same thing as us saying cool. It was a jazz term. I say yeah. cool all the time. I'm I'm what is it called when you're taking a culture away? I'm cultural you're, you're appropriating, yeah. I'm appropriating uh jazz and uh and black history by saying well, I didn't cool. know that jive meant weed. I don't think that it does. Jive oh, means, it's on the pot show and they talk they talk about the what's jazz the pot musicians. Show? What is it's the pot, pot show? show? It's it's got uh Fab Five, Freddie, it's got um Snoop, it's got of and course it's got Snoop. When you said there's a pot show, I knew Snoop <laughs> Dogg was involved. Do they smoke there, weed? They, they, Do they smoke weed right on the lot, show? Lot, lots, lots, of, of lots of weed, lots of talk. Is Willie weed. Nelson on it? Is Willie I, Nelson on it? You know what? It was it was moving at such a pot speed. I stopped watching because it was just a little slow, <laughs> just a little slow paced for me. And what <laughs> network? What network would be blasting out the pot show? The pot Net show. Netflix. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And it wow. was just one of these things where it was just like they were talking about how, you know, man, there wouldn't be jazz. There wouldn't be so much that happened if not for this plant. Well, and that's true. Louis Armstrong was a big uh, weed uh, head. Yeah. And he wanted he wanted the legal right to be able to take weed with him. He wanted concealed. He wanted a concealed carry permit for weed. Louis Armstrong did. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. yeah Satchmo. Satchmo <laughs> wanted wanted that. Like Elvis he wanted, Presley. He like wanted Elvis the government Presley? to allow him to smoke his weed and just leave him alone. Why? Because he was an icon. <laughs> because he's a living legend. The, that, that was the, that was the thing, man. I was just like, are you? Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. That is. Uh, that's a guy. That's no a guy shit. that knows what he wants. So no wonder it was such a wonderful world. <laughs> so anyways, I really do think kids need to get back to, you know, like community, like the, you need each other. We need each other. Right. That's somebody, yeah, asked me, somebody asked me if I still do this podcast, right? Somebody listened to it years ago and then stopped listening or whatever. And I said, yeah. And they said, really? Like, you know, in this, you know, arrogant, assholeish Hollywood way, like you're still <laughs> wasting your time doing that. And I was like, no, it's like Mike and Chuck. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, right? Exactly. It's community. 100%. Right? I'm, Dude, not, I'm not, not doing it to get rich. I'm not doing it to get famous. I'm doing it. And that's what this person is like. Why would you waste, you know, you, you, you yeah, you're never, doing never something else. Like, yeah, whatever. Why waste your time on something you're not going to get rich or famous from? If right? we didn't do this, I would have never started listening to Jazz Butcher. And the highest in the land wouldn't be the CD I listen to on repeat right now. Uh, Love and Rockets is my friends. Love and Rockets is my friends. No, he, the, the highest goes. in the land was the last thing he did. It actually got released after he died. Oh, and, and there's a lot of references to him. You know, like there's even a line where he goes, fishy, go to heaven. Get along, get along. My time ain't long. You what know, did he just, die of? What did he die of? A tingling in his neck? I think it was, <laughs> it was a nicotine gum overdose. And 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 someone <laughs> dirtied his sink, and that was it. Ah, oh, God! His brain exploded. His brain exploded because his son made fucking Korean uh, whatever noodles. Why yeah. is it so popular? Why is ramen so popular? It's just fucking noodles That's and seawater and like Perfect. salt water. <laughs> it's salt water and starch. 
and I lived on it for a long time because it was so Dude, cheap. you know, there's like people it's obsessed cheap. with it. Elvis is kind of a connoisseur of it. He's obsessed yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah, Sophia was too. All my kids were too. Because they can what? make it themselves. They feel independent. It's like the first thing they can make themselves. And, and it's, no, it's but it's a hipster thing, though. It's a hipster thing, too. Oh, I don't know about that, but... Oh yeah, there, there's okay. like connoisseurs of of ramen everywhere. The entire uh -huh. city of Alhambra is one long stretch of 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 the hippest, coolest ramen places. Unless they're making killer spreads, I don't want anything to do with it, dude. I just eat so I'm not dizzy. That's all. <laughs> I don't care about food. You just eat <laughs> until the tingling have. until the tingling goes away. <laughs> I get a tingle. I eat. The tingle goes away. I move on. Dude, sometimes, sometimes, like I had a dinner I had to be at like last week. Where was it? Like, oh my god, let me think about it. So there was like, it's in my phone. It tells me like countdown. Oh, on Thursday, you got to go to dinner with these people. And I'm like dreading it. Like, oh my God. Oh, I know what it was Thursday. Yeah. We went to this place downtown and it's just like, ah, oh, God, got to order food. And it just also, and they tell you what the specials are today. Like, why would I order something? I don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah. You're only having it today. You're only having it today. How do you know it's good? You haven't even had it. Right, I, I, and then I, then they yeah. say, "Are you know what we're known for?" Yeah, that's more of what I'm talking about. What you're known for. <laughs> See, that's this why podcast, I, this <laughs> podcast to me, it keeps me sober. It reminds me how sick we still are, <laughs> and how <laughs> and how really right, so, even after so we go there, I enjoy years. the I enjoy the conversation at the dinner. But why is it that it has to be at a dinner? What, when did that it become did, a tradition? I would rather you're it right. be after. I'd rather. <laughs> I, I like the idea of not going to lunch, but hanging out from like two to four and or not exactly having dinner. what you were thinking, Bob. You were like, I could just be driving through McDonald's and be over this. Yeah. Or, right? or like last night I didn't eat. The other thing is when you got three kids, the last thing you're thinking is me eating. Like you got like it dawned on me at five o'clock last night. Like, Oh shit. We got to fucking do this dinner thing again. How come this keeps happening? It happens and like every day. It's but so <laughs> fucking lame. Oh, so, yeah. and then I, and then Chrissy said, like, Chrissy's not a big food person either. She said, well, we had a late lunch. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean they can go to sleep without food, does it? <laughs> like, ice cream. May, That's what ice cream is for. Maybe it's not urgent <laughs> right now, but sooner or later between now and bedtime, they're going to need to ingest protein and, and something. Right. So then I said, I'll go to Mexican food down the street. I love this place. Castaneda's. I was calling it something else. For, for fucking years, I've been saying Santana's. And That's everyone in Claremont Laverne just looks at <laughs> yeah. me like, uh, yeah. I said, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, that's right down the street on Gary and Foothill, Santana. So good. It's actually called <laughs> Castaneda. <laughs> <laughs> Strokey's been calling it Santana. <laughs> yeah. so, so we're like, for like four years, everyone that I want to turn on to this place can't find it because I don't know the name of it. <laughs> oh my God. So, Best kept so secret I go to in Claremont is where's Santana's. <laughs> I swear to God, I wanted it over with. I wanted the fucking food thing over with and the trash thrown away and get it out to the dumpster before the bears get here. So I run down to the Mexican food. I get it. I call on because I have it on fast style. I have it. I have Mexican food in my phone. <laughs> that's, no. why I don't, that's why I don't know the name of it. 
Oh my god, what if there was a second Mexican food place you liked? It would be, I put a little notation in the business thing, you know, the little smaller thing, right? Yeah, so I have a lot of a lot of clues to what it is, right? (laughs) This is gonna be like some psychotic episode for your kids when they get older. They're gonna be like, Remember, dad didn't even want to wait to hear this. I go down there, I order the food, I get it, I bring it back. We're literally at 5.05, I realize we haven't planned dinner. At 5.36, we are sitting down at the dining room table eating, and nobody's hungry. They're just sitting there. And Chrissy mm-hmm. goes, I told oh, you we dude. had a late lunch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, Mexican food, as you know, is not very good reheated. Like oh, You got to mm-hmm. eat it. You, you got to eat, eat it. it. And I'm telling Elvis, eat it, eat it, eat it. And he's like, I'm not hungry. I go, I don't give a fuck whether you're hungry. (laughs) (laughs) They're starving kids in China, you you know. Eat half of that. (laughs) You have to eat half. So So what did you do? I got all pissed and I just took it all away and I threw it in the trash. I took it out and the bears had it. The bears had a lovely Santana's Mexican meal last night. A tostada that Chrissy ate. Castanadas, Bob. Castanadas. Oh, Castanadas. Castanadas. Did I say Santana's again? I have it now. (laughs) But you know what? I understand. Why would you need another Mexican restaurant when there's already one that's good? You wouldn't need a second one. You don't need if a second one. If you're in a different ever. place, if you're no, but, in a different place. You know, we were in Orange yesterday and we're like, let's go to Poncho's because I know Poncho's and I already know I'm going to get an eye, a super taco and a salad. I already know what I'm going to get before I get there because, because I, it's good. And it is. It's about getting what you need and moving on. It's like shopping. You go so because there's the, something you need. So I was hungry because I didn't have a late lunch. I didn't eat with them. So then I'm looking at these four meals, right? Yeah. There's nothing okay. I really want to eat. Sid eats chicken nuggets with French fries that they have at Castaneda's, by the way. And Elvis has only bean and rice burritos. He doesn't like sauce. He doesn't like vegetables, like bean and rice. I'm not going to eat that. And and Chrissy likes sour cream on her tostada, so I'm not going to eat that. So I ate the shell of the tostada. <laughs> and I took the, I, I t- opened up the burrito and I took the beans out because I hate rice. I took the beans out and then I took some lettuce from the rabbits. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I made, from the rabbits. and I made a hot sauce, lettuce, but, uh, bunny lettuce. Uh, and because uh, I, I buy, I buy bulk bunny lettuce from the 99 cent store. Like we have bunnies that just, if you don't feed bunnies, they just eat all your plants. It's crazy how, what they'll eat out there. (laughs) They ate my gardenia bush. They'll eat a pillow. They eat pillows, bunny. You know, and to get back to what Chuck said, there's different types of Mexican food. There's Sonora, (laughs) there's, there's Ensenada fish tacos. (laughs) You can't get get Ensenada fish tacos at a Sonora Mexican restaurant. I just yeah, think it's no, funny I'm, you've I'm, never I'm, seen Peter Rabbit. That's what rabbits are known for is ravishing gardens. Are they really? They're, yeah, this, that's like, what rabbits do. Gotcha. I you are the I, purveyor of like useless information tonight. There we go. Yeah. Peter Rabbit would have told you. So you know what they won't know. eat? They won't eat these palm plants that I had. So I got two of them out there. I took the gardena bush out, put it over on the side of the house. I they they ate a whole palm tree. They'll just eat it down to the nub. It's fucking crazy. So then, 
because <laughs> I realized I wasn't feeding them enough lettuce. And lettuce is expensive, but like Vaughn's, like it's because I buy it in the bags and I cut it open and pour it out. And it's like $2.99. I bought salsa today. It was $4.39. Who can afford to live right now? Yeah. Salsa, just like a year during COVID, salsa was $2.89 or $2.99. It's $1.50 more. Yeah, that's it's crazy. A it's a gouge. Yeah, I think it's a gouge, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so so I started. So the bears, the, the bears are the only ones that really have it down. They're just like, fuck it, I'm eating anything. They're like homeless people or something, man. They're just like, <laughs> look at this shit, I'm eating it. They're like homeless people. <laughs> oh, God. oh, I'm gonna get crap for that. Oh boy. Oh well, whatever. And Mike Mart said, <laughs> and then a bobcat got in the rabbit pen, but he couldn't catch them. And uh, and then I opened the door and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And that bobcat literally jumped eight feet up and out. Right? <laughs> oh my god! But then, but then, but then he's just sitting underneath the RV yesterday. And I was like, "Get out of there!" And I started kicking under the RV. And I looked down. And he's just sitting there, like, "Dude, I'm a human being kicking a car. That means you run." And he's just looking at you like, yeah, it's kind of hot. I'm trying to figure out a new approach for those bunnies you have back there. Maybe he knows and he could eat you. You need to call no, Martine like and find out tiny, how to move him on. It's a tiny bobcat. Well, you know yeah, how you move him out with a, a with, a hawk, with a hose. I sprayed the hose under the RV. He went running. Yeah, they're but cats at the end of the day, aren't they? <laughs> It's not. It's really. There's a big one that's running around, but then there's a little one. Do you think they're related? I don't know. You better God, hope how not. You, how, you fucking, <laughs> how you spend your days, man? It's just fucking amazing, Bob. It's it is crazy. So the but the bunnies won't go back in the pen, and I told them there's bobcats out. They're gonna fucking eat you. <laughs> Wait, did you just say I told them? <laughs> I told them what would happen. Those idiots. Well, I'm the only one. Once again, I'm the only one dealing with the bunnies. Sid wanted them, and they don't like to be held. So now she's done with them. Now they're mine. I go sit in the backyard. They come around my feet, you know, like, and I talk to them, and I say, "Dude, <laughs> did you?" I said to them, "Swear to God." I said, to "Talking them, to rabbits." I said to them, "Did you guys Listen. learn any?" I said to the bunnies, "Did you guys learn anything from the other night?" What they say, Bob. Are you getting, <laughs> they, they were say? sitting there. They were listening. They were sitting there, and I said, "You guys got to go back in the pen." Then I take you inside, but I'm not chasing you around, right? Because oh. we have a big dog run that's all bunny run now, right? Okay. And then we have this big four foot by two foot cage that they're supposed to sleep in. And the first, yeah. first Wait, are they are they having them. babies and stuff? No, they're two spayed females. Oh. I paid extra for that. Are I paid extra for that. Smart, smart move. Huh? Are smart move because I'm I'm feeding a ball python that I've had for so, Sophia's. Do you, you need bunnies for it? Do you need bunnies for it? It'll probably eat them. <laughs> is that why they call people harebrained when they're stupid? Is it to do with rabbits? I don't know, but they, they will not get the pen. Even when I put the food in there. So I kind of try to starve them in the later in the day. And then I put the food inside the pen. Like they'll go in there and they just look at me through the sliding glass window. Like, do you think we're stupid enough to go up in that pen and get that food? We'll wait you out, <laughs> motherfucker. We'll wait you out. <laughs> this is a yummy, beautiful tree that you bought at Home Depot for $69. Why don't we eat that? Or do you want to bring the food back out of that little pen? So where do you get the bunny lettuce? 
99 cent store. I buy, oh, I yeah, buy yeah. a whole shopping cart full of it. We have two refrigerators. It's just filled with. So I made my dinner last night with leftover beans from Elvis's burrito he didn't want. And uh, uh, salsa that I bought for $4.39. $4.39. Like, I, I love salsa. I eat like two of them a, a week. That's like $10 a week just in salsa. Then you add the double shots of Starbucks. I, I'm underwater, Chuck. I'm underwater and I do not eat $69 meals. <laughs> wow. Well, I see how you spend your money, though. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on Santana's, on, on plants for Santana's your yard because you won't feed your rabbits. Castanadas. Castanadas. <laughs> oh, Castanadas. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, uh, I don't know. I like I love my life, but it does get to be a bit much. And I, I just, love my I, life, but I can't afford it. <laughs> I can't. It's just like too much. And everybody's like, Elvis is like, uh, can we go to the Lego store? And I was like, uh, would that involve money, or are we just going to look? And he's like, you're are you joking right now, right? And he goes, I have money. I have seventy nine dollars. And I go, the unfortunate thing is. You only like the big ones that cost $239. And so you have 79 and you're going to go, oh, dad, can I owe you? Get, <laughs> get 79 minus 239. And he did something really great for his sister. So I did get it for him two weekends ago. Uh, there's a Ghostbusters Lego set. Have you seen it? The Ghostbusters car? No. It's fucking no. amazing. $239. And so we get that two weekends ago. Because he did something amazingly good for his sister, and and he's he's a good brother. He's a little. You jealous need to actually tell that brother. story to Spectrum so that they won't be calling you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, the I can't spent, play video games. Is I spent hundred sixty on your Legos. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was two weekends ago. He wanted to go Saturday. And I was like, huh. what are you going to get? Like, he's not going to get a friend's Lego set or some $39 Ninjago Lego set. He's always looking in that of course area. Not. Like, there's <laughs> a Vespa one that costs $299. Like, Legos are expensive. Can this, you ride it? <laughs> no, it just sits on a counter in your room. No, no. You yeah. can get him, you can get him a, a Vespa for five. Oh, that's true, right? I should tell him that. Elvis, how about... Well, we have a motorcycle in the garage. No one will ride. Chrissy won't allow me to ride it because I refuse to ride it with a helmet. Uh oh. Well, I, smarter I, I feel you. I, I started, so a friend of mine gave it to Elvis, and it's like a 125 motocross racing motorcycle, and he was a little scared of it. So I got on there and I relived my desert childhood. I went down in the gully. I was riding wheelies down the street and whatever. And then I said, come on, Elvis, get on. And we were riding around really fast up the dirt road. And Chrissy was just standing there like, are you kidding me right now? And I'm like, I've been riding motorcycles since I was eight years old. Oh, well, I was born about? on a motorcycle. <laughs> I was born on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so that motorcycle's been in the garage. It's underneath uh, some Christmas tree ornaments that are coming out here pretty quickly. But maybe I could trade that motorcycle for a Vespa. You got to get through Halloween the first, Bob, not Christmas. Oh, yet. we've got the Halloween stuff. Elvis put it out yesterday. We got the hollow. We lost the head of the minor guy that talks. We've got Aww. every uh, uh, Home Depot thing. 
Because remember, I had a Home Depot credit card, thirty six hundred dollar max. I maxed it out. <laughs> I'm now making. I'm, I'm Are they calling it. too? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm on a payment plan that's on. Uh, it's on automatic pay, so I don't have to think about it. Sixty eight dollars a month. Right, um, and, and the interest yeah, is, is fifty eight. I didn't get that you, you, you buy these things at home. The Home Depot, they're so friendly when you get the card. And as you get towards the maximum, they get less friendly. Oh, that's in oh. your head. Come on. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you know you're running they, out. Like a big <laughs> red sign goes. comes up. He owes $3,600. He's maxed no, out. They, well, no. When you try to use it, it's maxed out. They don't like that. They're like, do you have another card? I'm like, well, how much can I put on that? And that's when I maxed it out to the maximum. I remember. And I was buying <laughs> Christmas stuff. Because they're Holy the kings shit. of Halloween, those guys. They, they do got good. all the yeah. Halloween fucking shit. And so we've got them all. They're in the garage. And Elvis took like the pirates out and the alien out. And the, and the, we have this really tall, like eight foot tall guy, that uh, grave digger. That's what it is. And he says, ah. Uh, you know, I dig up dead bodies. You know, and he's like pretty scary. We can't, we can't, we can't find. It's a motion detecting uh, thing. I he walks past it and goes, "I dig up dead bodies." And uh, oh, excellent. I can't find the head for it. It's somewhere. It's lost or it's somewhere in there. So did you put it up anyway? It? Well, yeah, it's up, but it doesn't have a head. <laughs> I dig up you, dead bodies. You, you got to put it no, on a horse, then. No, I got to You guys think I'm joking? Like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. We got Halloween shit up in September. You should Wait, just get me. like some kind of like uh, other head and put it on there. Just some fucking. Yeah, head. yeah, yeah. Like a like a beauty head. Like yeah, a beauty, those, yeah, like a wig. Okay, so see this guy. Oh, here's this. <laughs> he sees you. Uh, oh wait! All right, there it is. Let me turn around. Oh, I can't. Well, this. <laughs> okay. Watch Holy this guy. Shit. Watch this guy. Watch this guy. Oh, okay, another guy. Another guy. Oh, that's the alien. Is that the alien? No, that's the pirate. See a oh. pirate, pirate, eyeball, and then over here, this might be real. Keith Morris would like this. Uh, this is the alien. Listen to what he says. What about our primitive world? Uh, uh, Sid asked me, well, if, if Christmas is related to Jesus, is Halloween related to the devil? And I said, you are so smart, my dear. You and are you the said, smartest of course, child. This is of course we worship sweet it's Lord Satan. It's a celebration <laughs> of Satan. I did. Yes. I told her that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we're going to sacrifice goats and babies and all sorts of things. Well, that's what yeah. the religious right believe. They don't believe in Halloween, man. Well, you know, it's just like uh, it's all. Everybody's anti something these days. It's boy, fun oh to boy. see. It's fun to see kids discover and put two and two together. It really is. Yep. Fun. I, you know, I understand people who don't want to have children. A lot of my friends don't think they, you know, best comment I ever heard about children. <laughs> A female friend of mine said, "You know, I'm just too selfish to have children." That's oh, that's, that's a, so yeah, self-aware. That's said no, but I admire that kind of mm -hmm. self-awareness and truth. Because there's yeah. a lot of selfish people that had kids that don't really pay attention to. Them. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so, you know, here's, here's, well, you know, I, I just go by that song that uh, Mar- Groucho Marx did in that, in uh, duck soup and uh, Lydia? whatever Lydia, it is, I'm Lydia, against Lydia, the tattooed lady. Yeah. No, no, no. Whatever it is, I'm against it. <laughs> wow. Is that your theme of life? <laughs> yeah. I'm against it. I'm against Whatever you got, I'm, I'm against, against it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song, man. I listen to that. That is the punk rock ethos. Yeah. It sounds right. very Oscar the Grouchy, too. Uh, yeah. Which Oscar sounds a lot the- like Groucho. Uh, uh, yeah, he does very similar. But mine are older now, so I don't really have to do all that. But I did. I was, you know, right in the middle of all that. So as well as you too, Chuck, probably. Yeah, I, I like getting to do Halloween's the best because we don't. There's not a lot expected from it. There's not a lot of um, expectations put on Halloween. Well, they still it, trick or treat out here in the IE. We which, do here too. It gets crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood, they don't. They have this one street blocked off on the top of laurel canyon all the all the cool people go up there that's because you'll get like fucking condoms and fentanyl ice cream and you know (laughs) 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 yeah you'll get all kinds of weird shit man that fentanyl Fentanyl ice cream is huge (laughs) hey we didn't talk about this murder of this kid so they're going to charge a 15 year old boy with manslaughter i saw that giving giving so, so poor remember, girl died in the back, bathroom at the high school. I don't know school. what I don't know what episode it was, but it was before COVID when you guys used to come here to my house. I said it's going to swing back the other way, and they're going to start prosecuting drug addicts, and that's exactly what they're doing. Good, that's for exactly them. what they're doing. They should so that it just. A I mean, it's a sad boy, thing that he I has mean, to be imagine. made an example of, but that's a, that's what they need to do. It's just so tragic. So I, I guess, you know, and Chuck, did you read all about this 15-year-old girl? Yeah, so yeah Amy sent it to me. Yeah, that so was sad. There were like two or three other overdoses and one dead. And that is, that's horrifying and sad in and no, of itself. No, it's happening. It's happening all over LA. Right. At school district this school year, right? And, and it is because kids think pills are safe. We need to do, we need to scare the shit out of kids about pills. Yeah. Tell them there's tell them there's racism in it or oh. something, right? Don't, tell them it'll it'll, it'll, it'll make stop them the racist. filters from working on their their iPhones. Yeah, it'll <laughs> no track more filters. The government, the government will be able to track their bodies. You know all the things they care about, all the idiocracy that they care about. You know, scare the shit out of them because it really is true. These pills. So if you read the LA Times in-depth story on Monday, I think it was, uh, um, uh, they they went into how how addicts want these pills with this high potency fentanyl because their drug of choice is fentanyl. Right. So, but a kid, a fifteen-year-old little girl, who's never really is experimented a little bit with opiates, taking one of those pills, dead. And the, right. and the sad thing with all the rules of LA, you know, I go to school every day. It's just like going to a prison yard to get searched and like, you know, it's like it's there's so many rules to a school. How could two little girls lay unconscious and one eventually pass away in a school bathroom for hours? Does nobody check the bathrooms at schools? Because that's Appar- what happened. A- apparently not, or nor were they missing from class or or whatever but you know 
what you were saying is these ones, according to that article, at least, that these are really good looking fakes, that they're not like a lot of the press pills that a lot of the addicts go for. And they were looking for a perk 30s, you know, so it's just like uh, it, the guy selling them doesn't probably doesn't know anything more about it. It's, you know, it's like, so you're going to have a, a, a kid who's selling drugs in a, in a park, which is something everybody's been doing forever. And, and but really, the, the, the potency, what I'm saying is it's not mistakes. That's what I learned over this death and the LAPD getting so involved and investigating it and the, and the, um, and the uh, Mac Miller kind of death. So right. it's not an accident like I had thought that they're putting too much fentanyl in these pills. No, fentanyl addicts love them. Right? Yeah. I, I they, would assume the, the but they also buy potency. straight fentanyl though too. They don't buy it in the pill form. They don't they don't want pressed per 30s. They don't want no, pressed I'm talking about your garden variety. I'm not talking about the gutter level junkies you're talking about. I'm talking about the kids at that high school who are addicted to fentanyl love those pills. They're seeking out those pills. The other kids that are younger, the freshmen who are 15, who are not experienced with opiates and don't have a tolerance and aren't, aren't using and, and a physically addicted, they die from it. We've right. got to scare the shit out of kids. About I don't pills. think scaring them is going to do yes. it. I think just yeah. tell oh, them I the truth. <laughs> well, <laughs> telling them the truth doesn't seem to work. We've been telling them the truth forever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been taking Adderall since I was eight years old. I know more about pills than you do. I've had kids tell me that. Yeah. I know, know more they, about pills than you do. And I was like, really? Let's maybe. see how that plays out, Mr. Smarty Pants. Yeah, well, Mr. that's your smarty pants. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing is that the mom had a good point in the article where she was like, kids can't even experiment. And that's what we've been saying for years. You're right. Kids can't even experiment anymore because it, it could be fatal because they're I, I don't know how you get a child to understand that you got to put the pressure on the on the dealers to understand. Yeah, part of your market share wants these high potency fentanyl pills. Another part is going to little kids who never even taken drugs and they're dying. You're responsible for that. Be more responsible. Fentanyl, uh, I know why they're, they're selling it because the demand is there for it. So if we can't kill the demand, maybe, maybe you have to push them back in the corners by having a, a mandatory sentence. I don't think there's, you know, but I mean, it, people were saying the same thing about crack when, you know, when we talk about crack, like it was, it was fun and it was funny, but a lot of people died from that too, you know, and people hated, you know, but now we, but I'm saying prosecuting a 15 year old boy for murder is not going to stop the problem. You need to no, go back up the food chain. You got to go back up the, the food chain. Yeah. Well, I don't even know. It seemed like he was an innocent, you know, like, you know, just a 15 year old knucklehead kid friend of hers. Like, you I'm know, sure so, he's beside himself. Like, so imagine you killed your friend. Why is this being allowed to happen? Because we know shit is only, it, shit's allowed to happen. That area in particular, it's, it's their 9-11. Things will change and things no, no, will it's stay changed. Five kids have died at Claremont High School in the last 18 months. This is not new. This is the no, first time the them. media has paid <laughs> attention to it. Ah, good point. Ah, why does the media pay attention to it? Because the 
Justice Department, the prosecutors, the, the police are going to start going after this. They got let me, news reporters are the laziest people on earth. I went to journalism school. They're just lazy. They do whatever they're told and whatever they're given and whatever their feeds off the wire. You watch KTLA news, 90% of it just came off the AP wire service. You know, just like, oh, here's a video of an elephant who rampaged in India. <laughs> what has that got to do with us? I live in Los Angeles. You're the KTLA morning news. You're showing me a video of an of an out of control elephant in India. Why well, is just, that? You know why that is? Lazy journalism. <laughs> yeah, I've had just about enough of the queen and the king and the oh, the queen who gives crap. a fuck oh about God. this woman. Oh my oh, God, that's not, that's not nice to say. Of course, she was a a, a great monarch. It's easy a, for the journalist to now make a big deal about this kid's death. When this death has been going on for three years that I know of at high school, yeah. we yeah. went and talked. The journalist from the Claremont Courier went to talk to the principal of Claremont High School and said, you know, you've had five deaths of high school students. And he goes, yeah, we have a zero tolerance policy here at Claremont High School. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so you're not connecting the dots here, sir. Children that go to your high school are dying of fentanyl. Yeah, no, we're not allowing have, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. We're doing that yeah. without our permission. Like we're not, it's not like we're <laughs> That's not a public school policy. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? But the question the journalists had is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to educate the kids? Are you going to have drug professional treatment professionals like Bob Forrest, who's a, who's a citizen here in Claremont, and has said he would love to speak to the student body? Are you going to do anything? Oh, no, no, no. We have a zero tolerance here and made a point of all the deaths happen off campus. Well, that's what I came up against last year. This is a death in the bathroom at the fucking school. How do they get around that? It'll be interesting to see. They're trying to do something because so many people are dying. They just don't know what to do. You know what I mean? I don't think they know what we to need do. to scare the kids about pills. Oh, scary. So you're, you're just not liking my language. Scare, inform, <laughs> educate, My neck whatever is stupid right word here. you want to use. <laughs> they are not, they think when they take that pill, it's safe. And we need to make them think it's not safe. You're right. You're whatever right. you call that. Put a gun in their hands with one bullet in it and spin the barrel and say, here, do this instead because it's the same fucking result. <laughs> Mike Mark just went. Did you see that? Yep. <laughs> Mike Mark just went. From like well, a yeah. reasonable human being that's a little <laughs> blind to what's going on. out of it, fucking to like the craziest. I just want to. I just want to. So you take a gun, Mike, and you put one bullet in the chamber, you spin it, and you just put it at their head, and you pull the trigger. And you say, "Look, and it's the same not, result." But you have a problem with the word "scaring" them Is it about not pills? the same result. But, no, just tell them. <laughs> but to Mike do it has themselves. a good point. Then no, you tell they, them to do it themselves because it's if, more it's it's funner if they do it themselves. <laughs> and if they don't die, then they can go try a pill. Yeah, that's their prize because yeah. it's the same shit. I don't know. It something really shocking. Is. You know, Apparently, I don't know about scaring, but shocking would be good. A little bit of shock. Do you remember, shock you remember well, okay, how? Okay, I, okay, I, I'm, I'm amendable. We need to shock <laughs> these kids. We need to shock these kids about these pills. I want them to question whether they're going to die or not when they have it in their hand. Scared straight worked fucking great, man. A lot of kids I, fucking did not go to prison because they went to prison and went, "Whoa, I don't want to fucking go here." 
You well, know, no, I, I don't love... think. Here's the thing. The, like the bar was the too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The bar was too high about just say no and scared straight. It wasn't that they're never going to do drugs. And I think this mother is wonderful to be realistic. Like, you know, my I knew my daughter was going to smoke weed and do coke or meth or whatever. I mean, it's to be expected in in the American fucking air conditioned nightmare that we live in. So, so. Now they don't even get to do that. They don't get to smoke pot and snort coke and and uh, and snort meth. They don't get to do that because they die from fentanyl pills. And the, the the things that I'm talking about, the kids are telling me they think they know about pills. That's why pill form is the most popular on the massive sale. Yep, is because pills. Kids love pills. They've been taking pills. We've been giving them pills. They all take pills. They take antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicines from the time they're ten years old, twelve years old. Anti-ADHD medicines they take from the time they're ten and twelve years old. Chuck, you know this. Mm -hmm. On on average, there's like you know um, a pharmacological wonderland at every elementary school. There's so much fucking psychostimulants. Yeah. Right, and antidepressants given to children so they think pills are safe and me and harmless and we've got to change that because the market is is doing that that's why i think they feel safer taking a pill than snorting a powder i think they really do yeah and they're not yeah exactly true and correct i'd much rather my kids snort a line of coke than take a what they think is a fentanyl pill like that's insane like Coke is good. Come on, Mike. You remember back in the day? <laughs> remember yeah, when you were fun, Mike? Before you were loading guns and handing them yeah. to kids. <laughs> we snort like a big line and talk about music and Woody Guthrie. That was some of the greatest times of our lives. You're giving them a one in six chance, Chuck. <laughs> what? You're giving a five and six chance of of uh, of being alive. That's yeah, one that's out of six. I mean, come on, that's good odds. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're at an okay. hour and a half and Mike's had enough, but don't die. We don't Please. want your children to die. We don't want you to die. We don't want the grandparents to die. You know, sooner or later, everybody's going to die. But we want it all. I had a friend have a death in his life and he said, it's just in the right succession. What's terrible is when the it's in the wrong succession, right? You want that. 80-year-old people, 90-year-old people to pass away peacefully. Then us 60-year-olds will get to be 80 and we pass away. And then our, you know, 20 and 30-year-old kids become 70 and 80 and 90 and they pass away. We don't want the 10, 15 and 20-year-olds dying. It's out of sequence. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. Mm, it's right. fucked up. And we got it going like mm. nobody's business. And for the first time, media is paying attention to it with this girl's death. It's crazy that it took two years of 100,000 kids dying for all of a sudden the LA Times to pay attention. Pretty amazing. Maybe you should donkey back on that and call a new news agency in LA and say, hey, I'm willing to come on and talk about this. Let's do it. Yeah, that's it. we got to get... Uh, so yeah. let's use Mike's language. We need to get kids shocked. We need to shock kids about pills. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Tell your kids, don't eat a pill. Don't eat a pill. Drink a beer. Don't eat what a would pill. happen? Mike, you would go to jail if you did the Russian roulette thing with them. That's really not going to work. <laughs> I don't think he's really going to do it. <laughs> you won't. You won't. All right. Don't die, everybody. I'll talk to you Good next night. time. See okay, you later. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.